Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Ensemble, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the National Hockey League, your Toronto Maple Leafs. I am back. I apologize for the absence. I was dealing with a cold uh, last week. Uh, it really affected my voice. I couldn't really record, but I am back bringing you guys a solo episode today for tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild at Scotiabank Arena. I will be there in attendance covering the game for Battleborn Fan Talk, and I cannot wait for this matchup because it is going to be a fantastic game between two contenders for the Stanley Cup, in my opinion. But first, since I was away last week, let's go back in time to the game against the Montreal Canadiens. Unfortunately, I know, Monday, uh, it was a tough loss. Montreal led 5 nothing. Uh, through the first two periods of the game. Uh, I'm not going to go much into a recap on this one because we do know, um, you know, the outcome of this game and all that, and it's definitely a tough game to talk about. But the Leafs end up losing 5-2 to the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal. Um, you know, it was a tough game. They The boys really didn't look into it. Uh, they didn't show up from the beginning. Defense was sloppy. Uh, the turnover by Hall gave the breakaway that really set the tone for Montreal. Uh, the Maple Leafs couldn't really put a stake in the ground to hold them. And uh, Montreal just, you know, they kept bringing it and bringing it. And Mrazek really wasn't what we've seen in his recent stretch, which was a bit of a disappointment against a team like Montreal. But uh, they certainly took it to the Leafs in this one. They were definitely the better team by far. And uh, that just goes to show you that I, I think this was the definition of a trap game in a lot of ways. I know it shouldn't be. Uh, you're playing the Montreal Canadiens. Those are your crosstown rivals. Uh, I know us, the fans, were certainly amped up to see that game, even though Montreal hasn't been all that great this year. Uh, well, who's kidding? Let's be honest. They've been junk. But, uh, you know, it was definitely a disappointing loss. 5-2. Let's just get that one, like, right out of the gate. So let's move on. Uh, I don't want to talk about that one much. Uh, but then the Leafs go to Columbus uh, on a back-to-back, second game in the back-to-back, to look to, you know, rebound. The Leafs' effort in this one was far better. They were a much better hockey team in this one, but they still lose in overtime 4-3 to three, uh, to the Blue Jackets. You know, a lot of people were criticizing the Leafs. Columbus is a sneaky, decent team. They had a really good start. They kind of fell off, but uh, I think a lot of that was due to how long they've missed Patrick Laine. Obviously, you know, we've seen what he's done uh, since his, you know, kind of return and after he had that groove getting back into it he's got now got 12 goals in 10 games so he's on an absolute heater and this is what i mean this columbus team was a different team at the start of the year because i think line a is such a difference maker on that roster uh the team's 26 23 and 1 uh that's the columbus blue jackets they're fifth in the metro right now so this wasn't like they played like the arizona coyotes or the seattle kraken uh columbus is a tough team to beat on any given night uh we saw that with the game in toronto right toronto led I think it was like 5-1 at one point. The game finished 5-4. Uh, you know, that just shows you that Columbus has some, you know, fight to them, and uh, they're a sneaky good hockey team. Patrick Line got two goals in this one. Uh, that young defenseman they got from Chicago, Adam Boquist scored. He's going to be really good. 
uh, it looks like for the long term for them. And, uh, you know, Gauntz added the other one, and then we all know what Line did in OT. This wasn't really Campbell's best game. Like, let's be real. I, I'm not a Campbell hater at all. I was just saying that the talk about, you know, it's time to extend him and give him six mil or give him four mil over six years, all that stuff. I'm not going to lie. I didn't like that at all. And this is just proving why. And I know a lot of people are going to take this as, you know, I'm a Freddy guy, so I'm going to go against Campbell. But that's not the case at all. I love Jack. I've met him before. Fantastic human. Um, you know, just an overall great guy. But, like, the, he was playing at a superior level at the start of the year. Like, he was putting up clear Vesna numbers, like a 960 save percentage. That that's that wasn't going to stay true. You know, he's a 420 goaltender, in my opinion. He's a really good goalie. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not on the Campbell, ba- like, hate wagon. I love Jack. Now I'm actually getting to the point where I think he's underrated. So that's quite the turn from, uh, you know, the last time I really went into depth on Jack Campbell. You know, uh, he had four goals in the Columbus game. on made 26 saves for an 8.67 save percentage. But this is where I want to go into depth because the Leafs ranked 31st in 5-on-5 save percentage since December 1st. In his last 10 starts, Jack Campbell's averaged a minus 1.28 goals saved above expected this season. Only Grubauer and Caden Primo, the Montreal Canadiens, have had a lower 10-game average goal saved above expected per Evolving Wild on Twitter. And that is a huge stat in my opinion. Uh, this Maple Leafs team, going into the playoffs, you need a clear number no, uh, a clear number one. Sorry, I kind of messed up my words there. You need a clear number one. It, you know, you can roll the 1A, 1B tandems all you want throughout the regular season. But when it comes to playoffs, a lot of coaches and actual, you know, minds in hockey believe that when you start changing the goaltender within a series, uh, you mix up a lot in terms of how they play with their defensemen and the communication and all that stuff. And it really makes a difference that a lot of people don't realize. I remember somebody was highlighting out the Vegas Golden Knights when they kept talking about the Fleury-Leonard comparison and how they kept going back and forth, and they spoke about that. Um, so, you know, I, I think Jack Campbell's the clear number one still on this team. Um, Mrazek, you know, Mrazek's a good goaltender when he's when he's there, when he's on. But there's often times where he's not on his game, and it looks very below average goaltending. And uh, the game against Montreal... Yes, he did make, you know, that spectacular save on Josh Anderson, but, you know, it wasn't his best game at all. And, uh, you know, the Leafs don't really have an option from within right now. Um, Ian Scott is still raw in his development. Uh, Calgren, I don't think we're going to see him in the NHL this year. Uh, But, you know, of course, uh, they did acquire uh, Carter Hutton. But uh, Carter Hutton, like... This, this move's purely for, for depth. And I saw, you know, people over Twitter saying that, uh, you know, give Hutton his start and all this. Like, give him a chance now. Some of them wanted him to play tonight. And I, I am going to preview tonight's game. Don't worry, that's the point of this episode. I just want to give a little quick recap uh, about, you know, what I missed so far earlier in the weekend last week. Uh, Hutton, you know, in three games this year is 0-2-0, a 7.76 goals against average, and a .741 save percentage. He hasn't had a great season at all. But here's the thing. He is a pretty average goaltender in the National Hockey League. So over a career, 
Uh, he's played 235 games, 94, 90, and 27 record, a 2.76 goals against average, and a .908 save percentage. So, you know, over a, a long work span like that, he's an average goaltender. This year he was playing on an Arizona Coyotes team that was junk at the start, like extremely bad. Uh, now they've kind of found their footing. They're still not a great hockey team in any regards, but uh, they're a much better team right now than what they were in the first month of this uh, campaign. But, you know, I don't think Carter Hutton's going to get his chance with the Leafs unless something major happens, unless maybe it's the last game of the year and, uh, you know, they want to rest some goaltenders if one of them does get injured and then the other one gives them some rest. I think that's the only way you see Hutton. Uh, Hutchinson, I know it's another name I saw as an option from within. No. Like, he's had a really bad year down in the AHL. And a lot of people talked about Joseph Wall. And, yes, he did get the extension. I think he's in the plans for the Maple Leafs' future. I just don't think that he's going to be the answer to this. Um, but that has led a lot of speculation to Marc-Andre Fleury. And Marc-Andre Fleury is a guy I did have on my Leafs' target trade board. I had him ranked 29th. Uh, the reason I didn't have him higher is because... Well, I found it funny putting 29 as 29 as number. Um, but... He does have some, you know, no movement uh, clauses that are going to be tough to work with if he doesn't want to come to Toronto. Also, he's getting towards the end of his career um, where it's going to come down to what his family wants. And, you know, after all we saw them go through and move to Chicago, I don't know if he wants to move teams again uh, and do that to his family. I know he did love Vegas, so it's hard for him to leave there. Uh, Flurry has been a great goaltender this year. You know, in 38 games, he's 16, 18, and 4 with a 2.80 goals against average and a .912 save percentage with a Chicago Blackhawks team that is mediocre to, you know, below average. They're not great, but those are still pretty good numbers um, given, you know, how they played in front of them. Flower is an option that I would love. Like, I, he's probably my favorite goaltender um, of all time, to be honest. Like, I know... He never donned the blue and white, but uh, just at the time I grew up with hockey, uh, his flashiness and, you know, the way he, like, just has pure enjoyment for the game. He's always been a personal favorite to me, and he's a guy that I think would be perfect for this Leafs team in a lot of ways because I think he has that playoff experience, right? And he's the type of guy that I feel like could relieve the stress and pressure off some of the big names on this Leafs roster in the playoffs. You know, he's a fun guy. You see him smiling. I remember, like, it always comes back to my head. It's Game 7, Washington versus Pittsburgh in 2017. And, uh, you know, he had a fantastic performance in that one. Got the shutout against uh, Washington. I remember him robbing Ovechkin with his stick and, like, just ear-to-ear -ear smile. And uh, that's what I think would be perfect for this Leafs team. You know, take that stress off. Remember that it's just a game in the playoffs. And because uh, the media is tough and we know how – you know, the playoff series have gone in the past with the trouble with the first round. I really think Fleury can bring that edge to this team. Also, not to mention he's a good enough goaltender to win a playoff series on his own. We've seen him do that numerous times, especially with his time with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he did win a Vesna last year as well, if you want to add that in there. So, Marc-Andre Fleury, I'm 100% on board. I just don't know if he's going to want to come here. Uh, it's going to depend on his family and what his future holds. Um, but with that, let's go to the... Uh, the Sorry, I messed that up again. It's been a long time since I've recorded. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, let's go to the Leah Bushkin trade. Uh, Leah Bushkin is a guy that I also had ranked on my trade target board. I had him ranked 12th. 
Uh, this is a guy I've been talking about uh, since October on these podcast episodes as a target that I like. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised with the timing for sure, but I wasn't surprised that Lee Bushkin uh, landed on this Leafs roster. I think it brings a lot of good to the team. Uh, I also like the more in-depth. I told you I've watched him a lot with the Arizona Coyotes when I spoke on episodes prior in the fall this year. And I said, you know, I really wanted this guy because of what he's done with Chikrin and Eklund Larson. And since we have Morgan Riley, and they're all kind of in that tier of that offensive left shot uh, that plays at a high level. And, you know, he's done really well with those guys. So I know a lot of people say Leah Bushin's just a depth piece and all that, but I truly believe that um, he could play at a higher role. I know he's not like a superstar and he's not like extremely reliable. He's still relatively young in his NHL career in terms of NHL like play. Uh, he came overseas from Russia. He's done a really good job in terms of development, and uh, you know he has played with elite talent. But he's really good as that stay-at-home kind of piece, and um, and I think he's kind of going to be that Swiss uh, Swiss Ar- uh, Swiss Army knife within this decor because, like I said, you could play him up top with Morgan Riley. He's had the experience with Eklund Larson, who had a fantastic tenor with him. Uh, Chikrin also had a great tenor with him, and we all know what Chikrin did last year in the short season. Um, you know, Lee Bushin's had time with both and he's really elevated their games. So, you know, if uh, the Leafs did want to go out for a name that I'm going to mention at the end of this episode after I preview the Minnesota Wild game tonight, uh, this could be an interesting move. In his first game, he played 15 minutes and 8 seconds. He had zeros across the board in terms of counting stats besides one hit uh, that was, you know, really blown out of proportion. I'm not going to lie, like, I guess that just shows you how much we don't really see hitting in terms of Leafs hockey. But uh, Leah Bushin's going to be a good piece. Trust me. I know he got beat on, uh, what was it, the second uh, Columbus goal. But, uh, you know, he's not he's not going to bring you that flashiness and that speed. He's a boring kind of meat and potatoes defenseman who is uh, really defensive in that aspect. But I think he's going to be vital to this team uh, because, you know, Justin Hall is pretty much valued insanely because of the right-handed shot uh, within this Leafs team. So I think Lee Bouchon is going to get a chance here. And, uh, you know, he's playing with the best team he's ever played with in his career. So I think the Leafs development can help him transition his game to bring out a little more offense. But uh, he's definitely a guy I'm intrigued to see moving forward. But with that, let's go to tonight's game, the Minnesota Wild. They are 31-14-3. They are third in the Central. This is a really good hockey team, folks. Um, You know, this is a team that for many years as I was growing up wasn't really fun to watch. Not going to lie. The Minnesota Wild are kind of that boring team in a lot of ways. Um, But today's Minnesota Wild are the exact opposite of that. I've watched a ton of games uh, of Minnesota. They are a really good hockey team. They are going to be a tough out in the playoffs, believe me. And I'm not the only one that voices that opinion. I see all over the hockey world, people think this team is actually going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals this year. That's the praise that they're getting. Um, Kapo Kakinen is going to be the starter tonight for them. He's 12-3-2 with a 2.56 goals against average and a 9.21 save percentage. Uh, Kapo Kakinen, you know, he's 25. Uh, he's from Finland. 6-2 goaltender. He was a fourth-round pick by the Wilds in 2014. Uh, he's had a he, he had a tough start. I'm not going to lie at the start of the year. Uh, Talbot really ate up the workload. Um, 
but Kakinen really found his form uh, in the middle stretch of the season here. And now he's starting to take some starts back. And, you know, he's a young goaltender. We've seen what Minnesota's done with young goalies in the past. Oftentimes they don't stay with the team, but I think it's pretty clear Kakinen is going to be a long-term piece for them, even though they do have some good goaltending depth with Campbell right behind uh, – Cam, sorry, Cam Talbot right behind them. Uh, so, you know, the goaltending position for Minnesota, they're in safe hands. But the thing about Minnesota that I find so interesting is GM – Bill Guerin has done a fantastic job taking over this team. This is a team that, like I said, for many years it was so boring, not fun to watch. They get Kirill Kaprizov, arguably one of my favorite players outside the Maple Leafs organization. Left winger, small, uh, you know, insane amount of offensive talent. This guy is insane to watch. So fun. So fun, believe me. If you've never seen this guy play, you're going to be a fan of him tonight. He is so fun to watch. He's young. He's creative. Uh, I really like him because he doesn't really hold back. Like, if he's he's definitely okay with making a mistake. But he's so good at reading the play and doing stuff on his own that he is such a difference maker himself on this team. It's ridiculous. But, you know, that's obviously the main piece of the Minnesota Wild. But I want to go to the other players on the offense to start with. And uh, let's start with Ryan Hartman. So Hartman, former first-round pick, we all know his time with Chicago. Uh, he, he never really had that opportunity. Comes to Minnesota, has, you know, a pretty fair breakout year, in my opinion. I, you know, that I don't think that's much of a hot take uh, at all. You know, he's got 19 goals, 18 assists for 37 points in 48 games. He is currently slotted as their first-line center, uh, which is something that I don't think a lot of people expected at all. He's playing with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Zuccarello is another guy, if he is in the lineup tonight, uh, he's a game-time decision. He is an absolute weapon with Kaprizov. These two guys, like, their chemistry is, like, it's actually really, like, really insane. Like, these guys are so fun to watch. They're so creative. They're little wizards. Um, like, they are certainly tough to stop. Like, you might hold them back for 40 minutes in this game, and... Two shifts in the third period, they might get two goals. Like, they are just that ridiculous. Um, Zuccarello is, you know, longtime NHL veteran, lots of time with the Rangers. Uh, kind of had a couple okay seasons with, since coming to Minnesota, but this year really uh, working it with Kaprizov. Uh, let's go to line two with Kevin Fiala, Frederick Goudreau, and Matthew Boldy. This line is probably the line that really intrigues me most. Kevin Fiala, uh, you know, he came over from the trade in Nashville. Uh, really elite offensive mind. Uh, he does have, from what I've heard, he's kind of not the best personality in the room and all that stuff. And he has had uh, some ups and downs with Eveson, who was his coach back with uh, the AHL Nashville Predators affiliate. Um, but, you know, when he's on a heater, he's on a heater. Uh, Fiala is a great player um, that can play both sides of the ice uh, in terms of right wing and left wing. Um you know, he can score goals at any time, any game, and uh, definitely a weapon to watch out for. But the guy beside him, Frederick Goudreau, is another interesting piece to talk about, in my opinion, because he reminds me a lot of Ryan Hartman. Uh, Goudreau is a guy that was in the Stanley Cup Finals with the Nashville Predators, uh, you know, kind of fell down their, I guess, their depth chart, uh, landed in the AHL, then signed a contract with Pittsburgh last year, uh, played the AHL for most of the year last year, but... Got this late blooming chance with the Penguins. Did really well 
I remember him in the playoffs here against the Islanders. Uh, he had a really good stretch of games there. Um, you know, signs with Minnesota. Uh, the Penguins didn't have the cash base to keep him, so he walks over. Uh, Bill Guerin, you know, gave him a real opportunity here. He is currently slotted as the second-line center. Um, he's had a really good year. He's battled injuries up and down, but, uh, you know, 20 points in 40 games, I'll take that any day from uh, a player like Goudreau that they really just took a chance on, and he's really given them that value back. He's not really a goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker in that aspect. So with Kevin Fiala and Goudreau, and then Matthew Boldy on the right side of them, Matthew Boldy is arguably... Uh, actually, I can't really say that because Moritz Sider is just insane. But Matthew Boldy, I believe he was in the NHL from the start this year, would have a serious rookie of the year uh, pedigree uh, battle with Sider. He's insane. The offensive talent he possesses is crazy. He's on a heater since he got called up. He will be remaining in the NHL for the rest of the season. Uh, he's a young player. They drafted pretty highly first-round pick. Um, you know, American player, absolute weapon. Definitely going to be a piece to watch for the future. This guy's going to be a stud. You're going to see him tonight. Absolutely amazing hockey player. Terrific young talent. And uh, Minnesota did really well with uh, their draft pick here. But this line right here, you got two goal scorers on the wings for Freddie Goudreau. Uh, this is a very, you know, a very good hockey team uh, for the top six with a lot of underrated weapons. But then you go to the third line, and Marcus Foligno, Joel Eriksson Ek, and Brandon Duhamey. You know, Duhamey, I'm not going to go into depth too much there. He's, uh, you know, he's a little bit underrated. Uh, you know, pretty good top nine, I guess, piece. But Erickson Eck and Marcus Foligno highlight this third line. There's no question about that. Marcus Foligno has had a great season for the Minnesota Wild. Um, this was kind of an under-the-radar, I guess, little breakout season for him. Um, he has 17 goals, 10 assists for 27 points in 44 games. I don't think anybody really expected that from him, but he's certainly uh, come to play this year. But I think a lot of that's because he's playing with Joel Erickson Eck. And Joel Erickson Eck, 16 goals, 12 assists for 28 points in 43 games this year. He has battled some injuries, but Erickson Eck is a fantastic hockey player. And, uh, you know, he's tall, he's, uh, you know, quick, hard to play against. Um, you know, he's got that offensive pedigree, but he's also really good in his own zone as well. He is uh, on their P uh, PK1 unit with uh, Felino himself. So that just shows you that his two-way game is very good. Um, you know, Erickson Eck, he is also their power play. Uh, one center so I told you this is a guy is a fantastic two-way player they got him over from the trade with Boston really under the radar this year but uh, you know after last year's breakout and coming into this year he's just really built up on that and uh, he's going to be a tough player to play against tonight and this is going to be kind of where David Camp is going to get a lot of ice time with them Tavares it's going to be interesting to see how those two lines are able to match up with him because I think we're going to see a lot of the Kaprizov Matthews lines going against each other. Uh, just to finish off with the forwards, I know uh, this isn't you know the most interesting forward group to talk about, but I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of sneaky weapons here. And that's why I'm going into depth on all of these guys. Uh, the fourth line here, just to wrap it up, Connor Duar, Nico Sturm, and Nick Bugstad. Um, Sturm and Bugstad, uh, Duar is you know a solid left wing piece, fourth line. Uh, there's not too much to go into depth there, but the other two, Sturm and Bugstad, these guys 
are a pretty good fourth line duo. Uh, Bugstad, I don't know if you guys remember his time in Florida. He was, you know, a crazy player to watch. He's so tall and uh, really effective using his body. And I think in the last three games, he has four points, Nick Bugstad, uh, playing on the fourth line with Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm is also, you know, he's been in the NHL for a long time. Um, he's got a lot of games under his belt. But uh, these two together are just as deadly of a weapon as uh, Spezza is. So, you know, obviously Spezza is probably a player I'd rather out of the three. But uh, these guys can score. So this isn't going to be, uh, you know, a, just a throw-in fourth line here. Bugstad and Sturm can score at any given point. And like I said, they've been really good in the last three games here. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Let's go to the D pairings now. Alex Goligoski and Jared Spurgeon. Jonas Brodin and Dmitry Kulikov, and Kalen Addison and John Merrill. Just to highlight the decor and try to make it a little faster than the forwards. Spurgeon, fantastic two-way defenseman. Um, you know, smaller Canadian guy. Uh, don't give him too many chances. He can score. We saw it against the Leafs many times uh, throughout his career. And his partner, Alex Goligoski, is one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL, in my opinion. Uh, super reliable veteran. Uh you know, plays the game well. Uh, he also can kind of chip in on offense, but not really known for that. More known for his work in the D zone and on the penalty kill. This guy's great at blocking shots, playing the tough minutes. Uh, you know, just a fantastic player overall. But let's go to pairing two. Jonas Brodin and Dmitry Kulikov. Brodin is also a really good defenseman. Um, you know, really underrated in a lot of the ways. Uh, nobody really talks about him, but this guy's a stud when he's on his game and he's also been another guy that's battled injuries this year but uh you know when he's on his game he's on his game and uh, he's really good in his own zone and uh definitely going to be a tough pairing to break down because kulikov as well is playing top four minutes with dumba out of the lineup i don't think we're going to see matt dumba tonight uh, as he's still on ir but kulikov is uh you know a very underrated defenseman as well he's usually on the bottom pairing when dumba's healthy but uh you know now uh He's playing in the top four role, and he's definitely going to be somebody to watch tonight, in my opinion. Uh, so with that, let's go to John Merrill and Kalen Addison. Merrill's had a really good year for Minnesota. Um, he got an extension, but his partner, Kalen Addison, is really intriguing. Kalen Addison, I don't know if you guys remember, he was with the World Juniors team for Canada. Uh, he was their power play defenseman. He's got some offensive upside. He's got three points in 11 games. Uh, he is in his rookie season. You know, this is a guy that spent a lot of time in the Penguins, organi uh, Penguins organization, uh, got traded in the Jason Zucker trade a couple years ago, and uh, he's really taken advantage of his um, you know, opportunity at the Wild. Obviously, they have a really good decor in Minnesota, so it's going to be tough for him to break a long-term full-time role. This year, I think we'll see him more next year regularly. I think when Stumba comes back, he might get pushed out of the lineup. But uh, Addison is... A fantastic young hockey player and he's going to be a good piece for this wild team for the future like i said with between kaylin addison kaprizov boldy uh marco rossi as well uh who's not with the nhl team right now but he's in their development uh this is going to be a great team they also got Jesper wallstead and goal for the future so you know minnesota wild are not here to go they are going to be a good team for a long time it feels like uh, the power play unit between Matt Zuccarello, Joel Eriksson Eck, Matthew Boldy, Jared Spurgeon, and Kaprizov. Uh, as a unit, they haven't really gotten the greatest numbers. Uh, they're 14th in the NHL right now. So the Leafs do have the advantage big time. The Maple Leafs are first in that term of uh, power play percentage. But, uh, you know, 
like I said, this Minnesota team has been battling injuries. So when you have Zuccarello, if he plays tonight with Eric Snack, that's, you know, a deadly combo. Then you add Boldy, on, who usually plays the right end of the boards. Uh, he's a huge weapon down low. And Kaprizov is just Kaprizov. Kaprizov's a magician. He's going to find somebody. So this least penalty kill is going to have to be aggressive in terms of getting on the puck. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the spot between Hall and Leobushkin tonight. I think it's going to be one of those two sitting. So, um, you know, whoever's on the penalty kill is going to need to stay aggressive because you cannot give these guys space and time because they are going to bite you. And this is where Zuccarello really makes an impact is his power play play with Kirill is, you know, they're dangerous as ever. So that's a must watch for tonight. Um, I think that's all pretty much in terms of forecasting the wild and giving you guys a preview. As you can see, I think very highly of this team, but I also know that the team they're playing against tonight is a very good hockey team, despite what people want to tell you. Okay. A lot of people were hard on the Maple Leafs the last, uh, I guess the last week is fair. Um, ever since, you know, when they beat the Penguins, Campbell, insane game. Everybody's talking good. After that game, they go to play St. Louis at Scotiabank Arena. After that loss, it's been all downhill uh, for the Leafs in the media's eyes. But, you know, the first line, Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner tonight, they're going to be reunited. We've seen what they have done in the past, so I'm not really worried about them. I think they're going to see a lot of Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Uh, that's going to be a good matchup. Marner and Kaprizov is my matchup of tonight. You know, those guys both play the game at a high level. They're both so fun to watch offensively. Uh, they both can play make and uh, are not afraid to shoot the puck right now. So that is going to be my head-to-head -head matchup. Austin Matthews is, you know, definitely going to be Austin Matthews tonight as well. So it's going to be crucial for him to play well if the Leafs want a chance in this one. But let's go to the second line. Andre Kasha is on the left wing right now with John Tavares and William Nylander. I like this move a lot. I told you guys in my first ever episode of the Battle Born Leafs podcast that Andre Kasha is a very unique weapon. And yes, you can play him in a two-way game, but he has offensive upside. And I really think the Leafs utilized that this year when he was playing with Matthews. And we saw, yeah, he's kind of cooled off in a lot of ways. But now he's playing with Tavares and Nylander. I think this is a good move. I like Kerfoot a lot, don't get me wrong. But I think Kasha could bring something really good to this line. Um, the Tavares line is interesting, though, because this is a line that the Leafs rely on heavily in terms of defensive structure when they play against top centers. And now they're putting Nylander, switching with Marner. Um, you know, that's a move they go through throughout the year, every year. So they're not really going to highlight that switch. But, um, you know, the Tavares line on 5v5 play hasn't really been working. Tavares' production goal-wise has been kind of slow and logjam. But Tavares is still a great player. He's almost point per game. I don't understand the criticism he gets. It's ridiculous. I'm not even going to go give uh, waste my time on that. But, you know, this is going to be an interesting line to watch tonight. I think they're going to get a lot of ice time uh, because, you know, they're going to have a tough – they're going to have their hands full, let's be honest. The Erickson Eck line and the Freddie Goudreau line are both, you know, high tempo. They're very fast, uh, big and strong lines that, you know, are you going to really play camp that much in terms of Tavares? No. Like, Camp is one of my favorite players on the team. I told you guys again at the start of the year, but he brings a defensive pedigree that we don't really have on this Maple Leafs forward core. He's so good playing against the top players. I would have no problem playing him against McDavid. 
or Sebastian Ajo, Sidney Crosby, anybody like that. He's so good in his own zone. But now he's playing with Mikheyev and Kerfoot. You know, those are also very good two-way forwards. Mikheyev's speed, I think, has really helped David Camp in terms of offense. Uh, you know, we've seen Camp's numbers rise. A lot of that's, t- you know, Mitch Marner's giving him gifts. But um, Mikheyev is a solid two-way player, and his speed is really utilized within this Leafs lineup. And uh, he's a very important player. So I'm hoping the Leafs can hold on to him for next year because, you know, he's taken a massive jump this year from last year. And Kerfoot's kind of the sneaky weapon of this Leafs team that can play inside and outside in terms of center and wing. Um, You know, he's not the tallest guy, but he's really quick and he's really effective in his own zone. Uh, I just wish he had a little bit more offense to his game. I know he complements our stars really well here in Toronto, but, uh, you know, Kerfoot is not William Nylander. Like, and I know a lot of people are like, well, who says that? No, no, no. There's people out there that think Kerfoot is Nylander in terms of, you know, we can't give up, which I don't believe is true. Yes, I believe the versatility he brings to this lineup is extremely important, but you can find guys from outside to do that as well. They aren't that rare in a lot of ways. Jared McCann was an underrated guy that kind of fit this mold he's not maybe as good defensively but i don't think it's by that much of a margin and i think he has a much higher offensive ceiling than alexander kerfoot so you know you take the defense over the offense with this leafs team in terms of that but um you know jared mccann is a guy that can play on the inside as well we've seen him do with his time with the penguins and florida panthers so in terms of that yeah um mccann just no, not for being a playoff guy. So pointless in 12 games. If you guys are still crying about losing him in the expansion draft, uh, he's not going to be your answer to the playoffs, believe me. He played on some pretty good teams as well in the postseason. Uh, then the fourth line tonight, Pierre Engvall, Jason Spezza, and Wayne Simmons. This is kind of the regular routine fourth line. Now with the roster looking almost completely full on offense, um, Engvall's been really impressive. At certain points throughout the year, I saw last game he did get a bit frustrated, which is nice to see a little bit of physicality side from him. Uh, Spezza, I'm never going to say anything mean on Spezza. You guys know that. Spezza's a fantastic player for the price uh, that the Leafs pay him. You know, he's such a good veteran, uh, brings so much to this team, and we've seen what he's done in the postseason. Uh, Wayne Simmons, though, uh, this is a guy that I don't think he's playing up to his standards. I think it's, you know, age is tough. The way he plays the game is also really hard on your body, but. He is vital to this Leafs team, and here's why. Um, I forget what exact situation it was, but uh, Penguins ha- Penguins alumni player uh, Kennedy uh, Tyler posted a video, and he said, uh, you know, this was just the hockey in general, saying that when you don't have a tough guy in your lineup, that he knows from his playing days that you kind of play differently. And that's what he basically just said in a video posted on Twitter, and I remember watching this, and this is what reminded me of Simmons in a lot of ways. A lot of people say, you know, the offensive production is not there anymore. Let him sit in the press box. This guy is on a team-friendly uh, team friendly deal. You know, he got the extension, uh, plays here in Toronto. Um, fantastic guy, great personality, really likes the team here, really likes, you know, the, the boys here. They're, they're a good unit in terms of that. But you take Simmons out of the lineup here, you're going to have teams coming in and just terrorizing the Maple Leafs in a lot of ways. They're going to be hard on the forecheck. They're going to be hitting left, right, and center because they know that the Leafs are going to have a tough time matching up with that. But Simmons kind of, you know, he plays a limited role, yes, in terms of on-ice production, but 
when he's in the lineup, you're not going to have teams headhunting. And that's what Kennedy said in his video. He said, you know, back in my time when I was playing, uh, we always felt the difference between playing a guy that, you know, is going to hold you accountable in the lineup and a guy in a team that doesn't really have that. So that's why I think that's important for this Leafs team, especially in the playoffs. So just some love to Wayne Simmons because I think he's so underrated now with, you know, how much hate he receives in terms of offensive production. I don't think he's really here to score 20 goals anymore, guys. Like, come on, that's that time's behind him, but he's still really effective in this role. And the fourth line's been, you know, kind of solid. I would like to see a little bit more offense out of them. You know, that, yes, Spezza, you know, he goes on these hot streaks and cold streaks, but um, it's a fourth line. So Morgan Riley, TJ Brody uh, are going to be pairing number one with Rasmus Sandin and Leo Pushkin on pairing two, and Lilligren and Dermott on pairing three right now. So I think that means Hall is going to sit in the press box for this one tonight. Leo Pushkin playing with Sandin is very intriguing. You know, I talked about Leo Pushkin at the start of this episode. I think he could really elevate Sandin's game. Sandin's a young offensive left-handed shot. Uh, he's really developed his two-way game, and that's what you know the Leafs were really focused on in that aspect with development. I think they've done a good job with that. So, you know, let's see how that pairing does again tonight. They're gonna have a you know a tough matchup with this very good Minnesota Wild hockey team, and Dermot Lilligren. That's gonna be a very uh, intriguing pairing tonight. Uh, Lilligren is a guy that I've seen in some trade rumors in terms of the JT Miller Canuck stuff. That's a little bit of a tease before I wrap up the episode with those names coming up soon, so stay tuned. Uh, Lilligren, right-handed shot, young, uh, like I said, received interest from Canucks per reports, but uh, I don't think he's really on the trade block at all, unless it's something for you know a very big piece like JT Miller that's under contract. I can't see the Leafs parting ways with him, but his partner tonight, Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott, fantastic human. A great guy, um, you know, tons of uh, interactions with him off the ice. Overall, just an amazing person. I've rooted for him. I just, in terms of the person himself, I think the fit with Toronto, I know it's his hometown team and it's his favorite team right now, but I just don't think the fit's here anymore. I think the Leafs' left-handed depth is, you know, too strong to get him an opportunity. I think if he goes to a different NHL team, that's how I think he could potentially be a solid top-four defenseman as he ages. His game's not there right now, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, he's, he needs development still. Uh, you know, he's played some time on the right side this year as well, which is really good. But, um, you know, I just don't think the fit here in Toronto is uh, the best. And I expect him to be moved uh, as we approach the deadline. Uh, you know, only because I think that teams view him as an interesting piece because, like what I just said, he, he needs a better opportunity. And I think that there's a bunch of teams out there that, that could definitely give it to him. And, uh, you know, it's not going to cost them too much right now. So... I think he's the piece to watch out for. I know Justin Hall's been in, you know, rumors a lot, but it's tough to see what team is going to trade for Hall right now. You know, it's tough because yeah, his cap hits affordable, but if you're trading Hall at his lowest, is that really the best move? I don't think so. I think Hall's a little bit underrated, and I'm not gonna lie, a little bit underrated. If you look at the advanced analytics, sixty percent even strength defense, I'll take that. Uh, in some categories, better than Muzzin, so. Uh, Muzzin, that's coming up one second. But first, the power play unit looking the same as always. Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and Riley. You know, ranked number one in the NHL right now. Don't give them too many opportunities. That is my key to the game tonight is if the Leafs can get power plays, then they should be good because uh, Minnesota's had trouble killing penalties this year. Even though their penalty kill unit has a lot of good names, like Eric Sinek and Polino and Goligoski, like I said, 
Um, I just think the Leafs can really bite them there. And uh, for the Leafs' starting goaltender tonight, it is Peter Morazic to confirm. Morazic 6-4-0, a 3.16 goals against average, and a .890 save percentage. This might be one of Morazic's biggest games that he's had in his tenure in Toronto. You know, you can argue each one depending on back-to-back situations and stuff like that, but this seems to be, you know, a huge test run. We saw what happened to Campbell and Columbus. Can he come in and provide the stability to be the real, you know, 1B answer that we all thought we were getting in the offseason? So 890 save percentage is not good at all uh, if you're a contender and, you know, you're going to be relying on Morazic as much as it looks like right now. So I'm really rooting for him. I think he's much better than what we've seen in certain times of the year, but uh, his ability to stay healthy is going to be important and see what he does tonight against a very good Minnesota Wild team. But with that, let's wrap up the episode with Muzzin going on LCIRs. He's got his second concussion within three weeks. You know, I've been very vocal on Muzzin's play this year from the start. Uh, Hasn't really had a good season at all in that aspect. Um, Oftentimes... It does look like he's doing too much. Sheldon Keefe spoke about that. But I just think, you know, it's scary given his cap hit. And, you know, defensemen like him that play such a heavy game and log tough minutes, uh, their decline is often usually rapid fast. And uh, their regression hits hard. So I think if we're on that back end of the turn now, it's going to be a dangerous slope. So Muzzin, LTIR, I don't see him getting rushed back. Concussions are extremely serious. So if this is going to put him out until playoffs, this does give the Leafs some cap space, but still, with what happened to Rodion, and I want to give a shout-out to Rodion, um, you know, I keep him in my prayers. Fantastic young player that the Leafs drafted in the first round. Um, you know, it's sad to hear the news on that, uh, but I have a feeling he's going to get through it, so pray, uh, praying for him, uh, you know, Amirov and all his loved ones. Uh, but with that, you know, and the Muslim injury, all the same, kind of situation it's it's been a tough week in that aspect and a lot of people keep talking about well like oh Muzzin's on LTIR now like it's a good thing like in terms of just overall humans like these are human beings uh it's been a sad week and I don't think a lot of people realize that uh for their terms of health and their loved ones so just wanted to give them a shout there but like I said Muzzin LTIR at least has some cap space now that everybody in the media is talking about and they have linked the Leafs to a few names here. So this is going to be the last little bit before I wrap up today's episode. Ricard Raquel for the Anaheim Ducks. Mark Giordano, defenseman of the Seattle Kraken. Alexander Kopp, winger with the Winnipeg Jets. And JT Miller, winger and center for the Vancouver Canucks. Those have been four names the Leafs have been linked to. Okay, so just a go through these quickly Raquel former 30 goal scorer everybody thought he was going to be a huge piece of the Anaheim Ducks future really really regressed a lot of that area Um, he's been in trade rumors a lot so he's on the back end but he's got a lot of raw like skill in his game where he I I have a feeling he comes to the Leafs here he easily could be a star um but I think a lot of teams view that. I don't think the Leafs are going to get in a bidding war for him. I think there's going to be teams out there, like perhaps the Pittsburgh Penguins, for example, that need a young scoring uh, threat like him to come in. And I think they'll be more comfortable giving up picks and assets uh, for you know, a guy like Raquel. But with that, Giordano. Giordano's a guy I would love here in Toronto if Muzzin is out for you know perhaps maybe the season. 
Uh, Giordano's age, yes, I do understand. He's older, way, like closer to 40 than, you know, a lot of people would uh, think. Uh, but, you know, he loves playing with TJ Brody. And TJ Brody is here with the Maple Leafs. And a lot of people are saying, well, do you really want to break up Brody and Riley? And, you know, I told you, the Leah Bushkin trade. Yes, I know, he's not a superstar. He's, you know, not the greatest top-pairing defenseman. He's on his best team, but still, he, I think he could elevate Morgan's game in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, that would take some monitoring. I'm not saying it's going to be a complete hit, but I, I'm, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that because of what he did with Ekman Larson and Jacob Chikrin. Uh, but, you know, Giordano and Brody as the top four there. Perhaps even if you wanted to put Leobushkin on your third pairing and go out and get a Justin Braun, who we've seen play top-level minutes for his career, stay at home. Yes, he's older, uh, a lot of mileage on his skates, but can still play at a pretty good level. Or even perhaps uh, an option from within. Maybe you want to give Dermot that side with Riley again that they've played before. Uh, you know, I think that's an option as well. Giordano, I would love. You know, he's a bit offensive. He can play with Brody. We've seen what they've done in the past. Norris winner uh, with Brody. So, you know, I don't see how Leafs Nation can be hard on that if we do have the cap space and they don't give it too much. I don't think Seattle's going to ask for too much. Um, but I think it's going to be more on the bidding war that you're going to have to pay higher. So if there's teams offering stuff, I think that's when the price tag starts to go up for the Seattle Kraken. Cop, uh, very versatile winger in terms of uh, what position you want to play him on offense. Um, really good two-way game. I think he's a really solid uh, top nine guy. I know he's kind of got top six minutes with the Winnipeg Jets the last couple of years. Um, I think that's why his you know counting stats are so high and his production's at a value that I don't think really anybody expected. But uh, you know, Cop would be an interesting name here in Toronto. I think the fits there. Uh, but let's go to JT Miller. JT Miller is the big name that everyone is talking about right now because of what Elliot Friedman was talking about. Uh, you know, in the intermission, JT Miller is a very good hockey player. Don't get me wrong. I just you know he's playing in a top six role right now. Second line center for the Vancouver Canucks. He's really good at, at, in terms of center play. Like, do you really want to put him as your third line center? Like, I just, I don't know. I think the assets are going to be an, ins, ins, an insanely high price. Um, and I don't really know if I want to give, you know, Nyes a first round pick, Lilligren, and all that stuff. And there's going to be teams out there that are going to pay a lot for JT Miller, like the Boston Bruins are a name that comes to mind for me. Um, I just don't see how the fit really. Yeah, he could play the left wing. And, uh, you know, he's a proven playoff goal scorer under contract. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a good player in terms of two-way game, two games, but uh, I just don't know if I want to meet that asking price. But, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't complain to land uh, JT Miller. He is, you know, a very good hockey player. I think he's easily a 60-point guy. 30-30 uh, for sure is reasonable. And imagine what he could do here with this Leafs offense. I just don't know if, you know, going for an insanely high price tag forward, like that is the option the Leafs want to go. I think, you know, an underrated option right now is Calvin DeHaan. Uh, he hasn't been really linked to the Leafs that much lately, but I think this is a guy that Dubas really likes. Uh, he's versatile in terms of playing on both sides. When the Leafs are healthy, perhaps Muzzin does make a return in the postseason. I think DeHaan is an extremely underrated option. And, uh... If I had to make a bet, this would probably be my highest, like under the t- like under targets for the Leafs would be DeHaan. I wrote an article about him 
uh, about a month ago. You know, he's with the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think the asking price would be too much, and I think the cap hit's pretty affordable, especially with Muzzin uh, perhaps not making a return this regular season. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's all from me. Uh, it's a long, long episode as I previewed the Minnesota Wild game tonight. Like I said, I will be in, te- in attendance. Uh, I kind of recapped last week and all the stuff I've missed, but I'm excited. I am back. Uh, I'm going to have a Toronto FC preview, uh, preview, preview episode, uh, probably releasing Friday. Yeah. So stay tuned. The red season just about to start. Uh, Raptors and Jays coverage is also coming out uh, before next week, so stay tuned for that as well. I'm excited. Uh, We are back and uh, looking forward to uh, bringing you guys more content. So thank you guys all for listening. If you have made it to this point, I love you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, Reach out to the socials. Uh, You know, we love to hear from you guys. We love your support, and, uh, you know, we are thankful for each and every single one of you guys. Tonight's uh, Tonight's going to be a great game, believe me. So get ready. This is potentially a Stanley Cup final. You know, maybe it's a preview. (laughs) Wouldn't we love that all? All right, that's all from me, folks. Thank you guys all for listening. Bye.